Welcome to the Fleet Safety Geeks podcast, where we discuss the latest industry trends, best practices, and strategies for keeping your fleet and its drivers safe on the road. Whether you're a fleet manager, safety professional, or a driver yourself, our goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to help you prevent accidents, protect lives, and promote a culture of safety within your organization. From vehicle maintenance and driver training to regulations and technology, we cover it all. Tune in every week as we explore the challenges and opportunities of fleet safety in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world. Welcome back to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm here with Phil Mosier. Phil, how are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, we don't have any sports to talk about except for March Madness. And I watched no basketball this year, so I didn't even put in a bracket. Well, uh, 14 days until spring or until uh, regular season MLB starts. So oh, well, I'm looking forward to we'll that. Talk about Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. We're in a countdown. Nice. All right. What do we got today? We're going to talk about, uh, I know we're going to talk about some sort of safety related to vehicles. Um, you have a topic in mind? I do. <laughs> And it's going to be one that people may think, well, why do we need to cover this? You know, I, you know, absolutely needs to be covered. And it's uh, seatbelt use restraints and uh, safety inside the vehicle. So I, I think it's important that we cover. And we have touched upon this here and there, but I think that we're, we're, we need to dedicate at least one podcast specifically to that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, uh, I know you have some statistics that we've kind of mm -hmm. reviewed, but um, I just want to say that, you know, uh, uh, seatbelts and restraining people is, is extremely important because uh, uh, it's, it's interesting to me because for our safe driving program where I work, the, the minute the vehicle is one mile in motion and that seatbelt's not attached, you get a bad score for that. And that's 20% of your score because the seatbelt helps restrain you and keep you safe in the event of an accident. And we're going to talk about low speed accidents. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I do have some statistics and I have a, a drum roll, please. Um, the U.S. and this is from 2020. So um, I was looking for stats for 2021. I couldn't find anything. But for 2020, we reached a um, and, and the way they do this, they, they, they actually go out and do studies and watch people and observe people and they do observations and they look at crash information. Uh, but we reached a 90.4% seatbelt use here in the U.S., which is that's that's the highest it's ever been, which it's really excellent. Now, that being said, that still means that 8.6% of people aren't buckling up. And what's startling about that, Bob, in that same year then, 51% of the people were killed from crashes on our highways. 51% of those weren't restrained. Yet only 8.6 of them weren't restrained. 51% of the people who died were not restrained. And doesn't that tell you just how effective these things are? And I'll be honest, Bob, total confession here. When I was young, I didn't buckle up. You know, because my parents didn't buckle up. Mm -hmm. Man, did I change. And guess what? I got actually had my parents buckling up. My parents are gone now. I actually have my, okay, I, I, I love telling this story. My grandmother who drove until she was 92 and she was an outstanding driver. She really was. Good for her. Um, I got her to start buckling up. One day I was at home. I heard this horn blowing and I look out and it's my grandmother in my driveway. And I came out and I said, what's wrong? What's going on? 
She said, you made me wear this damn thing. Now help me get out of here. What she had done is when she buckled up, she buckled into the center seatbelt attachment, right? So the button was on the inside and she couldn't get, she didn't, <laughs> couldn't figure it out, right? So I said, Nana, is Nana Moser. She was cool. Uh, I said, you buckled into the wrong thing. She's all oh, this stupid thing. I said, you always tell me I have to wear this. I said, you don't stop wearing this. She goes, I'll wear it. And so I showed her what happened and everything. And, and I like to think, maybe I'm being naive, but she's continued to wear it. But just like the point I'm making with this story is that I don't care how old you are, you can learn, right? And uh, I, I started buckling up when I became a cop. And I started seeing what happens to people who don't buckle up. And I started wearing the thing pretty quick. So it's pretty important. Uh, and I have some other statistics here if you want me to bore the people with uh, with some stats. But some of this well, stuff... let's talk about when when did seatbelts become mandatory in vehicles? Mandatory in vehicles, I think, was actually not mandatory. What was it? Lap belts in the sixties? I'm not sure. I should have researched that, but that's an interesting question. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. But if you remember, it used to just be lap belts. I mean, my I had a '66 Mustang, and it was just a lap belt. Right. Um, and I re I remember the first time my parents got a car where it would buzz if you didn't buckle. You know what my dad did? He buckled them together and stuffed them under the seats. But you know, and but then later on in life, man, he was wearing the thing, which yeah. just again yeah. goes to show you that you can learn. There was a. I just remember I had like a. 1960 Super Beetle or something like that that I was working on. It didn't come with seatbelts. And I was like, where are the seatbelts in this thing? It just wasn't required. Right. So I know some of the statistics you're going to talk about are since 1960. Right. And that's going to be important. I think that's because maybe seatbelts became more, you know, just like um, anti-lock brakes and some of the, uh, right. you know, the, the rear view, the reversing camera, um, you know, just become standard under, you know, federal guidelines in, in the country. So it was probably sometime in the 60s, and that's why the statistics are yeah, going to talk about. Yeah, I actually came across this a statistic from NHTSA, which I thought was National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, that I thought was rather interesting. And it, and it brings up the, the year 1960. Uh, between 1960 and 2012, it is estimated that seatbelts have saved 329,715 lives. So almost 330,000 lives saved from seatbelts. Now, again, I don't know how they, you know, can come up with those statistics. I'm sure they have a, a method and, you know, uh, they, they, they test that. But just think about that. 330,000 people didn't lose their lives because they were buckled. So I think, again, I, I don't think anybody, anybody can argue that these things don't work. They work. And I, you know, listen, I've heard people, I've done trainings and I've been to place, you know, talking crash scenes and such where people will say, well, my neighbor's third cousin's son's <laughs> dog would have been killed if they'd been belted. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, they got, they got thrown clear of the wreck and things like that. That, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of ejection crashes over the year, Bob, over the years. And only one time did I see somebody who was ejected that actually survived the crash. And that was actually a 12 year old kid. Again, I'm going to get into my stories here. So it was a, it was a two seater sports car. I got the exact average speed just prior to crash at 63 miles per hour. It was a 35 zone in a curve 
with a suggested speed sign of 25 miles per hour for that curve. So he was going way too fast. Lost control. He had his 12-year-old son sitting on the, on the console, the middle of the car, with his son's friend, who was also 12 years old. That kid buckled up. Mm. He was in the passenger seat. When the crash happened, the vehicle flipped. And according to a passenger or a uh, witness who was driving behind the crash vehicle, said he actually saw the kid fly up through the sunroof. The vehicle went by, and then he came down on the road and landed actually on his feet, but then crumpled to the ground. The kid was seriously injured and was in the hospital wow. for some time, but he survived. And that's the only one I've ever had that uh, an injection that a uh, person who was ejected actually survived. Side note on this, the guys uh, the, who was driving was a 0.29 blood alcohol. Oh, and I charged him with uh, the DWI and all that. Uh, but then I also charged him with recklessly endangering the welfare of children, two counts. And I got a conviction on him. This yeah. guy actually sued the fire department and the rescue team saying they injured him, getting him cut out of the car. These people saved his life. And then he filed suit against them. But what he didn't know was that the fire department recorded all of their rescues. They recorded it and they had it recorded and the lawsuit was thrown out. But it just shows you how despicable some people can be. You ever wonder why, Bob, I have an attitude? There's one of them. Okay. So, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but that's the only one. And I don't mean to get into, you know, down the weeds here with my stories, but I, I thought that that was um, interesting. Most of the time when people are ejected, Bob, a lot of times they're killed on the way out. Um, sometimes their bodies actually fold together and they smash out. And I've seen, I've, and I'm, well, I will be graphic, I have heads, you know, like a scalp and things like that on the, you know, on the windows, uh, like the, the door frames and things on the way out. Um, yeah. A lot of times they die on the way out. And then sometimes people who are ejected, when they get thrown out, uh, their body's not restrained. And sometimes they actually, if the car's still and touching the ground, they're actually traveling faster than the vehicle that they just left. And then the vehicle catches up to them and they get killed by their own vehicle. They get run over by their own vehicle. Right. So these are real. And, and I, anytime I ever see where somebody was uh, uh, an ejection crash, I say, well, they weren't belted. And that's just the truth. So it's so, so, so important to, uh, to buckle up. Yeah, absolutely. It just proves right there. I mean, just if you get ejected from a vehicle, you're probably going to die. You're going to die. Um, right. If you're restrained within the vehicle with the seatbelt, um, your chances are much better. Right. And so I always say, and I, and I know we've, we've talked, you know, so what's the first thing you do when you get into your car? I put my seatbelt on before I even right. start it. Right. You put before the seatbelt on. I always say lock the door too, because a door that's locked is far less likely to pop open during a crash. And you want that door closed, you know, so they can get the crumple zones working. And also so your limbs don't fly out, uh, you know, um, you know, arms and such fly out uh, during a crash. Uh, so yeah, well, you want your door. So lock the door, buckle up every time, make that your habit. And you shouldn't even have to think about it. And my kids, my kids, I always, always, always buckled up. Right. And I called them the rats. They would rat people out that didn't buckle up. Dad, they're not buckled. <laughs> it's like, thank you. Uh, and it's the driver's responsibility to make sure everybody is buckled up. Right. That's right. Um, That's so, why I tell my daughter was learning right. to drive. Yeah. Exactly. So you just have to, you know, just take a look around. Everybody buckled. I mean, I say that all the time, you know. 
and uh, you know, they, and and they do. They people know. You know, they 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 buckle up. Uh, so I mean, we're 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 better than we've ever been, but we can still improve. Uh, so I have some more stats here if you want me to run these by. Statistics are always fun. It cool. keeps people's attention. Very good. Okay, so the, the, the U.S. Department of Transportation study showed that 92.4% of the people driving on highways on faster roads with faster speeds buckled up, 92.4%. But when in medium, you know, like surface roads with medium speed limits, only 89% of them buckled up. Hmm. And then when you get on the slower roads, only 86.5% of people buckled up. So people think, well, if I'm going slower, I won't get hurt. Um, yeah, you can, okay? I, again, I'll use one of my stories, and sorry if I'm boring people, but I investigated a crash where a lady hit a tree no thicker than my arm. I mean, it was just a small tree. She went off the road, hit the tree. But she did not have airbags. She flew forward, and she hit the center portion of the steering wheel. I actually took a picture of it, you could see the fabric imprint from her blouse on the steering wheel, like in the center portion of the steering wheel. You could see it, and it was right on the one corner, the bottom right corner. Bob, it ruptured her aorta, and she died. And I got the exact speed at the time of the crash was 13 miles per hour. I could prove it. It was 13 miles per hour. So if people think, well, if I'm on a slower road, I don't have to buckle up. Trust me, you do. I would. Here's what you do: put your hands in your pocket and run as fast as you can into a wall, unrestrained into the wall. Put your hands in your Sounds pocket, like run as fast as you can. Are you going to get hurt? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Right, unrestrained hit into a wall. Yeah, you're going to get hurt. Well, how fast are you running? I'm getting old now, Bob. I can't get up there anymore very fast anymore. But let's say you're going. Five to 10 miles per hour. That's a five to 10 mile per hour hit. Hit something in your vehicle at 25, 30, 35, 40, 45. Get thrown out of the vehicle. Hit the road at 40. You know, see what I'm, I'm saying with this? It's like, just because you're on a slower road doesn't mean you don't buckle up. You buckle up every time. And that should be the, and again, it should be your habit, period. Done. Right? Right. Uh, I have some more. So the areas of the country that have the best stats. Okay. The Northeast seatbelt use rate, they estimated at 88.7%. That's where I live. Mm. We are knuckleheads here. In the Northwest, <laughs> we're up to 89.2. In the South, 89.7. And in the West, they have the best 93.8% use. This correlates with many of the states who have mandatory primary offense seatbelt laws. There's still one state that does not have seatbelt, does not require seatbelt use, and that's New Hampshire. When you drive into that state, that you'll see the sign that says, we suggest that you buckle up. You drive into Pennsylvania, although it's not a primary offense, it's still a secondary offense. You have to be stopped for something else to get a ticket. But the places that have the primary offenses, they, they have the best seatbelt use. So the laws are working, but in New Hampshire, you don't. So I always say their motto is live free or die, and they sure do. You know, I mean, come on, man. How can you? <laughs> it's my right to decide whether I want to wear a seatbelt. Okay, yeah, all right, you, you go ahead. 
but it's really stupid in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's see. I'm what what area get... of the country has the best, um, seatbelt use? It's West. The West has 93.8%. Oh, okay. I missed that. So the yeah. West coast actually has the best, you know, um, has the best seatbelt use 93.8%. Did you say that they have, um, the, the, their laws are stronger there. Yeah. So California's primary offense. So if you, they can stop you for just not wearing the seatbelt. Now listen, vehicle codes are about that thick. If a cop wants to find a reason to stop you, they'll stop you. Okay. Um, we for won't sure. get into that. That's another whole topic. But, um, the point I make is that if, if people know that they can be stopped just for, and get a ticket for not wearing the seatbelts, don't tell me that's not a, 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 an incentive to wear the belt. I, I think it definitely is. So um, I, I think that it should be primary offense, every state, and it should be enforced. Yeah, no, I agree. And yep. uh, when I was younger, I didn't wear a seatbelt because I was young and stupid and, and invincible. Um, then I started wearing it because it became a law and I was worried I'd get pulled over. Now I just wear it because it just makes sense um, because it's the same right. thing to do and I don't want to die. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember um, actually when I started dating my wife, uh, my father-in-law was a big seatbelt advocate and I really wasn't uh, wearing it all that much then at that point. I was just a rookie cop and um, I hadn't been to many crashes at that point, but then I start going to crash and I start thinking, Ooh, maybe, uh, my, uh, you know, I didn't know he'd be my future father-in-law. Maybe he has something in, you know, on, on the ball here. And by the way, his name was Robert Bob. So, uh, so, uh, um, he went by Robert and I said, maybe he has something here. And then I remember saying to me once, you want to ride, you know, my daughter once is riding with you, you, you got to buckle up. So I would, I would, re I respected that. And I thought yeah. that was really wise of him because I'll tell you, Bob, I've seen people kill people in car crashes. Can you imagine hitting somebody, you know, hitting heads with somebody at, you know, 35, 40, 45, 50, 60, 65. I mean, it's, it will, it will, uh, severely injure and kill, uh, people kill people. Anything loose in a vehicle becomes a flying projectile. So that's another point is that never have anything loose in a vehicle, including passengers, Best place yeah. for your stuff is if you have a trunk, put it in the trunk. If you don't have a trunk, then as far to the back and low to the floor as possible. If you do have to put something on your seat, throw a seatbelt around it. You don't want anything unrestrained in that vehicle. And that definitely includes people. Yeah. And then let's get into kiddos. Or, ah, yes. Okay. Um, uh, car seats, right? Car seats. Uh, make sure the kids are in the proper car seats. And, and what I suggest is, you know, there are police, ambulance, fire uh, crews, uh, uh, hospitals. They have people who are trained in the proper seats for the kids, <clears throat> the proper, uh, you know, booster seats or, or uh, you know, car seats that are proper for the age, weight and height of the child. Uh, I, I hesitate to tell you what those are because I don't know your kid. So again, I would suggest do some research, make sure that your child's in the proper seat, and also make sure that seat is properly installed. Uh, you see instance where um, you know, kids are in the car seats, but then the seat actually comes loose during a crash. So that's, the seat itself needs to be properly installed. Uh, so uh, I, I, you know, contact your local PD, contact your ambulance squads, whatever, find out where there are car seat installation technicians who know how to properly install these things. They will help you and they want to help you. 
they would much rather have you you come there every week and say, hey, can you help me out with this? Rather than going to a crash scene where there's a kid who's been killed or injured. That's so, right. um, yeah. So in 2020, uh, 607 children under 12 died and 63,000 were injured. And um, almost 50% of those kids uh, killed were not buckled. So again, uh, how many could have been saved had they been buckled? Um, and that, to me, again, it seems like a no-brainer, but uh, man, it just it's it, it's crazy. Um, here's one also that I always want to bring up. Two more things I'll bring up. If you have a passenger and they put their feet up and the airbag is there, don't allow them to do that. Because their legs and their feet are, you know, they're going to be bending in ways they don't want them to bend. So never, ever, ever, ever allow a passenger to have their feet up on the dash while, while you know while the vehicle's in motion or while it should be mm -hmm. driving. Period. Uh, then also, <clears throat> uh, as far as airbags, a lot of people get injured, arm injuries and hand injuries because they have their hands misproperly placed on the steering wheel. Um, your best hand position when driving is a nine and three. You always heard 10 and two, that's up around here, but drop it down to nine and three because that gives the airbag room to deploy. And it also gives you the most steering ability in your vehicle. Don't, you know, don't lock your thumbs like in, but put your thumbs, like hang your thumbs over that center post. Okay. Like on the vehicle that gives you great steering control. I drive like that, Bob, all the time. That's just, again, my habit. I used to be the one hander guy. You know, it was terrible. Um, I learned real quick, you got to keep two hands on the wheel. You keep two hands on the wheel, you increase your chances of maintaining wheel control by 50%. I'll take it. So nine and three gives airbag room to deploy and never hook the wheel. What I mean by hooking is when you're turning that you reach inside the wheel like this and you turn the wheel. And a lot of people do this when they're turning at intersections where you have a greater chance of having that uh, frontal collision where the airbag's going to deploy. If you're hooking the wheel like this and that airbag deploys, that's going to bend your arm in a way you don't want it to bend. So always keep your hands to the outside of the wheel. Uh, a simple way to remember that is don't be a hooker. I, I know, bad joke. Really, really, really bad joke. But <laughs> it's an easy way to remember it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, could you imagine having an airbag hit your arm um, that was in the wrong place on the steering wheel or as a passenger? Nope. have the airbag hit your foot you could actually get killed or seriously injured your by having your own hand behind your ears face. yeah yeah or your um your foot getting pushed back so far that it breaks your leg and and right. hits you in the head right. you could actually die from having your own hand or foot yeah. knee leg hit you um because of yep. these airbags oh yeah. if you're one-handed also and your airbag deploys you're gonna punch yourself in the nose yeah. i mean you're gonna break your hand you're gonna break your face i mean don't 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 do that Nine and three hand position. Don't hook the wheel. Just simple things that, that people aren't aware of. Right, right. Um, distractions. We talk about distractions all the time. It's always cell phones, right? Um, yeah. You can get distracted by anything. Eating, um, uh, looking at a map. Do we look at maps anymore? Um, but also loose kids in your car, yeah. right? Um, if your kids are not uh, secured properly and they're bouncing around, that's going to distract you, increase your opportunity to be involved in an accident um, and having everybody injured and, and, and kids injured in that crash. Exactly. I mean, it's such a good point. Um, kids are a distraction. Um, so, um, 
you know, I, well, I would have to say to my kids was, do I need to stop the car? <laughs> Cause I can get a little loud. Um, and they would don't just, back, no man. dad, you don't need to stop the car. But could you imagine a kid bouncing around the car? Are you really going to be focused on your driving? So now you're risking a crash, a greater risk of a crash because you're focused on that kid that's bouncing around at a point when that kid's not restrained. I mean, we'll talk about a double danger. That is just so, I'll just plain, plainly say is stupid. Bob, and again, I'm not trying to be on Mr. Macho Cop here or anything, but when I would see people who didn't have their kids restrained, I would stop them. And usually before I even put the lights on, I knew whether I was going to give that person a ticket or not. And it was from the violation that, that dictated that. Uh, with a kid that wasn't restrained, uh, either I gave them the, the, the lecture you know, like I give them the talking to, you know, like you need to slow down or whatever. This is a bad area for collisions, that type of thing. Or I would give them the ticket. Um, but with a kid that wasn't restrained, they got the lecture and the ticket. Yeah. And I yeah, didn't they care. Got to. I mean, you know, and they say, well, you keep the kid, to, you know, you try, you tell him to get, get in the seat, keeps him buckling himself. You know what? I'm not the parent. You're the parent. Be the parent. You know, Buckled up a kid, make sure, you know, and you need to instill that in them right away. It's like, you shouldn't, my kids didn't even question it. As soon as we opened the doors and I'm not bragging here or being self-righteous, but they would just get right into their car seats. It was just normal. That should be normal from day one. And if it's not normal, make it the normal. So yeah, you know, you're exactly right though, man. Could you imagine a kid bouncing around the car like that? And (laughs) yeah, you're going to be focused on your driving. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i know as a kid i always had back seat middle and it was always hard to get that that seat belt around because you know the other kids are sitting on it and i can't get it yeah. i was always yeah. mad i hated back seat middle yeah. well, i was the youngest of four uh what i used to love to do and again show you how things change you know where i would sit where i loved to sit when i was a kid on the armrest up front <clears throat> so that i could see over the dashboard Nice. Now, could you imagine my dad would just tap the brakes? I would have been through that windshield, you know? <laughs> Your teeth wow. are an 8-track player. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I think it was even before 8-tracks. <laughs> the AM radio, maybe. I would have the AM radio knob in my eyeball. <laughs> I'm old, Bob. <laughs> yeah, dashes had exterior metal, too. Oh, I mean, they did. I remember my dad's Buick, man. I mean, that thing was all metal. <laughs> It's a great yeah. car, though. Yeah, it, it. You know, it's fun to joke about. You know what, yeah. what we went through, mainly because we're old and we have these memories of, you know, how unsafe we were. But you know, getting back to being serious, we, you know, the seatbelt is just the most and one one of the safest uh, uh, safety features in a vehicle. Um, yeah. and we've got to wear it. Fleet professionals who drive a lot of miles need to make sure that seatbelt is always fastened for their safety. Um, but everybody in the general public, use your seatbelts. Let's get that to 100%. Absolutely. Anything under Absolutely. The airbags, I mean, just because you have airbags don't mean you, don't mean you need to buckle, don't need to buckle up. They work in conjunction with each other and give you the best chances of, of uh, not being injured or killed. Yep. No, that's right. Absolutely. All right, Phil. Uh, any closing thoughts? 
That nope, was a good just, one. Just uh, America, buckle up. Uh, anywhere, buckle up. Anybody who's watching this, I don't care where you are in the world, uh, please always buckle up. Make sure that yeah, everybody in your uh, vehicles buckle up. New loose articles and don't be a hooker. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then. Have a, uh, have a great week. Buckle up. Stay safe. And uh, we will talk to you uh, another week. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Take Bye. care.